0: Okay <laughs> Yes Well I'll go with that okay. okay I think we're ready for the word Not so sure I'm ready There's so much I want to say In this In this, you got to really pray That I'll listen to the Holy Spirit And not chase rabbits Amen because there's, there's so many different ways I could go with this. And right now, I still feel like I'm just walking in a cloud. and My, my, my brain is just foggy. But let's, talking about, let's talk about what the world is trying to do. Hmm. Because we've, we've been created. Listen, this is our theme for I don't know how many months, maybe half the year. We have been created with a purpose. Not just created, but created with a purpose. Really, everybody on the planet that's ever been born has been created with a purpose. And people are not happy. Even Christians, some Christians are not happy because they're saved but never found their place. and and sometimes when we say find a place, we think, well, you know, God never called me to preach. I guess I'm a nobody. That, I, just, I just talk to somebody about that. That's crazy. And they say things like, see, here, I'm, here I go already. And they say things like, well, they compare themselves. Oh, so-and-so is going to have a great mansion because they've done so much for the Lord. To whom much is given. We're going to be surprised when we get to heaven. People that, that were never called to preach or teach or sing on the platform, they're just average people who love the Lord all their lives. Come to find out their their mansion's bigger than my mansion. It's not about how much you do. It's, it's what you do with what you were given. Come on. So whatever you're given, let's just be good at it. And I'm telling you, your reward, some people are going to heaven without a reward. I don't want to squeak by. I want to get in with the reward. How many are with me? Amen. All right. My sermon had not started yet. When we, before COVID, January 2020, remember that? We said a darkness is coming. Everyone else is like, vision of 2020. None of them saw COVID coming. And we talked about canoeing in the mountains, Lewis and Clark. I don't have time to preach that again. We said that we're going to go through a transition that we were never trained for. My own experience, nothing in college, nothing in all my years of pastoring was going to equip us or get us ready for what God was going to take us into. We had to learn something new from the Spirit. We had to learn how to get out. We were trained for canoeing, and now we had to learn how to ride horses because you can't canoe in mountains unless it's the other side of the mountain. And what we talked about as an illustration from the scriptures is we are now like the Jews who were living in Jerusalem and then they were attacked and they were taken to Babylon and they lived there for 70 years. It's interesting, maybe you don't know this, but at the end of the 70 years, they they could go home. Not everyone went home. And even to this day, the ancestors of those Jews are still living in Iraq and Iran. Centuries later. Not everyone went back. Some of the Jews stayed in Babylon. They were more comfortable in Babylon. Some church people have gotten more comfortable with Babylon than they are with their own church heritage. Oh, that was Grandma. Well, Grandma had some things going for her. So now we are no longer living in Mayberry. It's interesting. I read the other day or a couple years ago. (laughs) I read a lot. The county that Mayberry's in, in North Carolina, that county has the most crime of any county in Carolina. Mayberry, Mayberry, has the most crime than any county in Carolina. That rural county. Barney would be overwhelmed. He could recruit Gomer and the whole crew, Floyd, everybody, put badges on them, and they could not keep up with the crime. Andy would be overwhelmed. We're living in a whole different world. And we go through all the reasons. I'll touch on some of them. But we are living as Christians in Babylon. But here's what, and I got to preach a whole message on this, so I'm going to be very careful here. But when when the church first started, they were living in a pagan world. Christianity was outlawed. See, you. It didn't matter what religion you were, because all religions they didn't care what religion they didn't care what God. If you were in Greek, you you worship the Greek gods. If you were in Rome, you worship the Roman gods. If you were in Persia, you you you, you worship the old Babylonian gods. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you were in Egypt, you were so that was okay. did not matter. You know, put a temple up to any gods you want. Then Christians came along and said, Ah, there's only one. And if you don't worship this God, our God, you're not going to make it in the afterlife. So Christianity was outlawed, the only religion in the Roman Empire that was not only outlawed, but you could die because you were a Christian. Nowadays, we can't even get out of bed to come to church. But back then, you didn't have a church There were no buildings. You couldn't build a building. Maybe somewhere outside of the Roman Empire on the edges of the but if you were a Roman in the Roman Empire, all the known world, they could not build churches. Right? We we talked about Peter's house last week. They worshiped in people's houses, in the courtyards and in the houses. That's where, or, or in Rome, they worshiped in the catacombs, in the underground. How would you like to have church in a cemetery? Better yet, under a cemetery. And as you're worshiping, you see the dead saint. There's the guy who just got killed for his faith, and you're worshiping next to the corpse. I tell you, if you can have church in a cemetery, you've got something. Nowadays, the temperature's got to be right. The chairs have to be comfortable. The music has to be what you like. The preacher has to be good looking. Check that one off. That's all we got. (laughs) Why do I keep saying that? It's so wrong. And you always laugh when I say it. I should get the hint. Are you hearing me? (laughs) But something happened in about 300 A.D., 300 years after Jesus. Are you you seeing this? 300 years. That's the way they worshiped. The emperor got saved. Constantine declared, because, listen, Christianity kept growing from a few thousand to millions. The emperor gets saved because he won a battle in Christ's name. Of course, we don't know if he was really saved or not, but he, he lied Christianity and he declared Christianity to be the official religion of the empire. And they said all other temples have to be closed, and pagan worship ended all over the empire. And suddenly the whole world became Christian. Actually, it's probably not a good thing. Because now if you want a job, you had to be a Christian. People converted for money and for a position. All right, it's probably the worst thing that ever happened to the church. But my point is this. The gods, how many know there are gods? The idol gods were no more now they were still around but they were not worshipped anymore are you, are you getting me if i have to do this sermon in 2 weeks I'll, i might have to do it uh, but i want you to get this it's very important now from 300 ad there are there basically there are there's no if somebody's worshiping an idol it's illegal now So nobody's worshiping these gods anymore. The gods are in seclusion. They're pushed back. Listen, if a god's not worshiped, it kind of loses its power. And for almost 2,000 years, now listen, I know know the church has been sinful. They, They murdered people. There was... There's, there's corruption. There's all kinds of things going on in the church. I'm not saying the church was perfect. I'm saying the church was in charge. And the whole world as we knew it, the whole world as we knew it was not worshiping these idols anymore. They were shut down and people worshiped the Lord imperfectly as, the, as it was. The, the, the point is that Christianity was the culture. Pastor, what's going on in our world today? I'm going to answer you. They have opened the ancient gates and are now worshiping these idols again. These gods, Ishtar, Baal, all of a sudden, these idols and I could preach all I need to preach a whole message on this so you understand what's going on in our world Christianity is being booted out they're actually trying to make us illegal if we believe certain things you got to believe like us or you're a or you're a hate you're a hate hater right so they're trying to cancel Christianity that listen Christianity has not been perfect through the centuries but it's never been canceled and now it's being canceled and these ancient gods that have been kind of in the background in silence for 2000 years they're reappearing are you getting what i'm saying they're now being worshipped again. And I can give you an example. We could talk about abortion. We could talk about gay rights. We could, talk, we could go on and on and on and on and on. Different, different. I could attach it right to the very God. They're now being worshipped. And that's why they're so angry at us. Because we have canceled them. And now they think they can cancel us because the devil knows he has a short time. They're actually angry at us. 2,000 years of pent-up anger of Christians being in charge of society. And now that's over. So we have been captured. We're living in Babylon now. But don't hang your harps in the trees. That was another sermon, right? Let's sing the songs of Zion because it doesn't matter what city you live in, it's which God are you serving. You can serve God because God is God of Babylon as well as Jerusalem, and we can be victorious wherever we live, whatever river we're camped by. Glory to God. That's the introduction. Here's what they're trying to do. How many remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Not that you're that old. I'm just saying from the scriptures, number one, Babylon, you need to understand what the world's trying to do. Number one, they're trying to change your name, trying to change your identity. <laughs> I came across a quote from W.C. Fields. I know he's an alcoholic, whatever. Whatever. How many? Remember, how many know and heard the name W. C. Fields? He said, "It ain't what they call you; it's what you answer to." Can I say it like W. C.? It ain't what they call you; it's what you answer to. Yeah, yeah. W. C. Fields. Some of you don't know what he is. You can Google it. Amen. <laughs> Funny comedian. I love W.C. Fields. He he lived like like the devil. But I love W.C. Fields. You need to understand something. Naming is very important. Preached this a few weeks ago. Jesus would often ask the names of demons. As God, he must have known. But he wanted the demons to confess their name. Because once they say their name... All of a sudden they realize the hierarchy they're in because his name is above all names. And every name has to bow to the name of Jesus. So listen, if you're ever dealing with the devil, let that devil confess his name because as soon as he says who he is, he realizes the name of Jesus is higher than his name That's why you can't cast out a devil in your name, but you cast out in the name of. You pray in the name of. You believe in the name of Jesus, because that name has authority. Name, 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 name. Bury your name. You're a child of the King. I don't care if you've been saved five minutes, you're a child. Of the king, recognize your authority when you use his name. Whew. I'm on point one and only halfway through. God help us. Every name is above that name. Listen, you need to understand what the world's trying to do. I call it identity theft. How many of you know that's a big problem nowadays? I almost, I almost named this sermon identity theft. Uh, you see that commercial all that this young woman. she's driving around town and everywhere she goes, she sees herself shopping and spending a lot of money. She goes that looks like me, And finally she realizes she's broke because this person has gotten into her into her account, and now she has become her. The enemy's trying to st- he's stolen our music. He's replaced joy with entertainment. I go on and on and on, hey man, I don't have time this morning, but the enemy has tried to, trying to steal our identity, trying to, trying to draw your blessings out, trying to take what belongs to you. And he does that by, wow, he does that by stealing identity. Trying to say you're somebody you're not so he can be who you are. So he can take what you have. You need to know. that. That's why this, this, this series is so important. You need to know who you are in Christ to get what belongs to you in Christ. Does that make sense? Identity theft. Uh, these... Let me put it another way. These, identi- these demons that are coming back, they need avatars. And you've become an avatar oh. for some demon. The demon itself doesn't have a body, but he needs avatars. The enemy's trying to steal your identity. He's trying to depress you, trying to defeat you, trying to give you, get you to think you have no hope, so he can just kind of steal your identity. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. I know who I am in Christ. Whew. Don't be an avatar for a devil. Identity thief, thief. Theft. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. We better read some words. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz. In other words, that's the guy in charge of the ones. I believe there's a demon just in charge of messing with Christians. The master of his eunuchs. To bring some of the children of Israel, this is in Babylon, and some of the king's descendants, the king of Israel, and some of the nobles, mm -hmm, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. I tell you, the enemy is especially after those who have gifts and abilities that can win the lost and change. The culture. Yeah, he's after us. To them, the chief of the eunuch gave names. We call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That was not their name. I don't know why. Maybe it's just easier. <laughs> the Hebrew name's a little harder times. But for some reason, we remember them as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, by the way. That's the Babylonian names. He said, if you're going to be in Babylon, you got to have Babylon. The enemy is trying to rename you, take your identity, and give you a Babylonian. The church today is acting just like the world. There's no difference. We've got to know who we are. So he gave Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to to Meshach, Misak, and to Azariah Abednego. Listen to these names. Daniel means God is my judge. Belteshazzar means Lady who protects the king. He changed the gender. It wasn't, it's, back then it was an insult to think that a woman is protecting a king. How many know that the world, I I can preach on this so long, the world is trying to change even genders. I guess now there's what, 32 last count? And men want to be women and women want to be men. And they're, they're trying to make men, you know, trying to reduce them down de uh, emasculating men and women. The other way. Thank you. Defeminizing. So women want to act like men and men want to like. You know, if men want to act like women, why do women want to act like men? And once they become a man, they're not going to like it anymore. Being a man isn't all that great. Being a woman is not all that great. But you don't have, but listen, changing doesn't, so, and now, and here's the key, they're going into children at a very young age, and they're asking them questions like, do you feel like maybe you're a boy? Maybe you're really a girl. What what are you? "Hmm," And these kids' imaginations just go crazy. And they become confused, gender confusion. They're trying to, trying to to take the masculinity away from men and the femininity away from women. And there's this mixture. And I, oh, my God, we can go into Ishtar and, and all the things. But this is this is a demonic thing that existed back during the Roman Empire. We can talk about that later. But this existed, and now it's all over the world, and there's this confusion of who we are. Traditionally, men have the role of protect, of production and protection and let's take that away from them and let's give it to the women i'm not a sexist but you understand there are biblical roles it doesn't make one less or more come on but there are roles and and so he's trying to change i gotta go on hananiah means yahweh has been gracious and and or, or Shad, yeah, Shadrach, and name was changed. I didn't put it down here. Yahweh has been gracious to. I am fearful of God. Huh. In other words, the devil wants to change our the concept of God is good to God is bad. The number one thing we hear all the time is, if there is a God, then why do all these bad things happen? Maybe because there's bad people in the world. Why would God let them do that? What do you want God to do? Make them a robot. If God's going to make us, create us, he created us so we can make the choice of serving him. He wants people who want to serve him even angels have choice. God God created us so we can, you can't love somebody if you're forced to be something. So we were made with a choice and unfortunately some choose to be evil. And the whole planet's been cursed because of that. Bad things happen. yes, yes. But if we'll pray so many times, we can turn those things around. And so many times, we can prevent those things. But we've got to pray. Folks, he said, Well, they prayed. And then, listen, prayer is a battleground. And sometimes you have to pray until you win. We could talk about, we could talk about Daniel praying 21 days, the angel, angel's battling to get the, the answer was given right away. But it took him 21 days to get back to Daniel because he was fighting a battle. You need to understand, you may have faith, and the prayer might already be answered, but sometimes you just have to battle demons until you get the answer. Did I help somebody right there? Michelle? Mishael, the name was changed to Mishael. His name means, who can compare to my God? No one. That's what his name meant. But now it was changed to, I am despised, contemptible, and humiliated changed his name to I am a child of the king to I am a nobody. I don't know how many times we pray for people. I don't feel like I deserve it. I'm just I just messed up too bad. I just That's the devil talking. I think I told you last week God is willing to live in a barn if you'll let him in. Oh y'all didn't get that. Oh, I don't deserve it. I didn't say you did. I said he's willing to live in a stinky stable. I didn't say he approved of your sin. I said he's willing to live there. He's willing to work with you until you get your... Thank you for saying it that way. Because there's other things that need to be shoveled in stables. Azariah, moving quickly on. His name means Yahweh has helped. And it was changed to the servant of Nebo. In other words, it was changed from God's my help to I'm a slave of somebody else. God is my help. And I don't bow to anybody or anything. My God is king of my life. Amen. I don't serve drugs. I don't serve this or that. I serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is my help. So they're trying to change. So you, listen, you need to know your identity. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse, verse 5. How many want some word? Before, say before. Before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Come on you abortionists. Well, it's not a a life. It's somebody God knew. Before I knew you, you, before you were born, I sanctified you. That means I set you apart. Glory to God. I ordained you. I gave you a calling and a destiny before you were born. You don't have to pray, God. Let, let's work on this. And you, tell, listen. God already knows your calling. Wow! And He said that in chapter one of Jeremiah, when He was just a young man. Romans eight seventeen. I got to get going. And if children, then you're an heir, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If we, if indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Listen, as you think in your heart, so you are. That's why you need to read the word and get it in your heart so you're not living like a Babylonian. Change the heart. So you'll get your right identity. Acts 17, verse 26. He has made from one blood. Oh, I want to preach here. Lord, I want to preach here. I don't care what your background is, what color your skin is. We all were made from one blood. I got, can I, can I? Let me just say this. It only takes three, maybe four generations to completely change the color of your skin in your family. Oh, you're going to get on this now? Okay. (laughs) I know, but that's not really my point. These uh, white supremacists, might be amazed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a pure Aryan. Probably not. When you do these DNA tests, they only go back three or four, maybe four. I think four generations, because it, cause it gets because they go with the with the other chromosome anyway. Uh, the male I forget what it is, but anyway. Uh, so 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 you can look at your last generation. your half your mother, half your father. Go back another generation, you got one-fourth, one-fourth, one-fourth. One, I don't have time to explain this. If you go back another generation, one-eighth, one-eighth, one-eighth. So it gets watered down the further back you go. So, so if you go to uh, uh, 23 and me and get those chromosomes or whatever, they're only going back four or five generations. That, that's as far as they can go. Once you get below 10%, it's not real accurate. But there are tests you can do on the male Y chromosome that will go back all the way to Noah. And it'll tell you. They don't tell you about those, but those will tell you where, what hapl- haplogroup you're a part of, and it'll go way back, thou- a couple thousand years, all the way back to Noah. I want, I want to preach there. You, y'all, y'all want to hear it, don't you? But no, it would take too long. But uh, listen, the flood changed everything, and, and the whole DNA of the human race got. It's like a funnel. The whole Adam had all. Adam had Adam and Eve had purple. purple They were purple skinned. Adam and Eve had every gene known to man. They were the complete gene pool. Now you get to Noah. What happens? Now you got Noah and his wife. Their three sons, which all they're they're all the same gene pool because you got. You got Noah and his wife, and then the three sons. So the three sons have the same. So the only thing that the only other gene pool you have is the three wives. So basically you got the gene pool of four families. By the way, this, I really don't have time. You okay? Will you stay in? Did you notice, for instance, for instance, just for instance, did you notice in the scriptures how long people lived? Right? Several hundred to 900 years. That's, ooh. But after, watch that, right after the flood, they start living shorter lives. And they have graphed it mathematically, and there's a perfect drop. Because remember, Abraham lived, what was that, 100? No, Moses lived 120 years. Abraham lived Hundred forty or whatever it was. No, it was less than that. Anyway, it goes it goes down, 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 down. Well, Abraham's older. You're right. I'm trying. My my brain's. You know, I'm skidding here. So Abraham's uh, Moses is older. Abraham's older. Anyway, as you go down, they live, uh, I think Isaac or Jacob lived 75 years. Anyway, it just keeps going down, 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 down. Why is that? Because the gene pool had been greatly reduced. And, and there were more and more, what's that called? Malfunctions. Uh, what do they call that? Mutations. There were mutations kept getting into the gene pool because the gene pool was a lot smaller. People started living. You said, well, now people are living longer. Well, that's because science. Is trying to you know trying to do that, but uh, but the scripture says one hundred twenty years. Is at, you know, if you're one hundred and nineteen, you got one year left. No one lives beyond that. So so it, it's been limited. But you understand the gene pool. Uh, Noah's flood changed the whole world, changed everything. I could I could talk on that for hours. Why did I get into that? One blood. <laughs> So, so he said, "What color were Adam and Eve?" It doesn't matter. They had the genes for they they had all the genes in them. And after the flood, three guys, three families split three different ways. One went south. One went east. One went west into Europe, and that was the beginning of the human race. He said, "Well, yeah, that can't be. That was how many years ago? Yeah, you know, if you do it mathematically, and just and just you know, just allow for." Just a minimum growth in population, when you go through it, it actually goes from eight people to almost 8 billion in exactly that number of years. Man cannot, man does, Man has not been around for a million years. He's literally been around. And by the way, all the documents, everything is, nothing's, nothing's older than Noah. We don't have any records older than Noah. I can get into all that, but some of these monkeys, they say, are men. Oh, it's a million years old. How did it even survive that long? That means there'd be, you know how many people there would be if the planet was, if people had been on the planet? I mean, there would be nothing but, you'd be walking on nothing but skeletons. That's a long time. That's a lot of people. And they can't find even one example of anything becoming one species to another species. Much less monkeys to men. It's a fairy tale. The chances of evolution happening are mathematically impossible. And yet we're supposed to have faith to believe we came from a one-cell amoeba. Say, lightning struck a mud pond. I don't know about you, but when lightning strikes me, I'm dead. I don't know about lightning creating life, do you? Maybe with Frankenstein. So stupid. You know what the trouble with that one cell becoming life is? One cell can't exist without another cell. Every cell is interdependent of other cells. So it basically would have to create a whole creature all at once. God would have to go, boom, sunfish. And somehow sunfish came, became a monkey, and oh, it's just stupid. Hello? God made us in his image 6,000 years ago. Give God praise, Amen. I said all that to say something. Did I even finish this? He has made for one blood. That whole sermon came from two words, one blood. <laughs> Watch this. I'll preach this again so you'll get it. But listen, y'all came from two people and then four people and then eight people, right? Right? Sixteen people, and if you keep going out like this, you got more people in your line that are were populated in the planet. So what happens? You actually go like this because eventually you'll get back to eight people. We're all related to one of those eight people. We, the reason I said that is because we would never marry a cousin, but you might be closer to you to each other than you think. Because you keep going back and we all share some common ancestors. Did you ever walk through the mall and see someone who looks exactly like you and it freaks you out? Hallelujah. Say one blood. Say, Pastor, move on. One blood. Every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and is determined, he has determined their pre-appointed, your pre-appointed times, and the boundaries. I don't care where you move or how far, it's all been pre-there's a plan for your life. God saw the plan before you were ever born. There's nothing new. Nothing, God never says, oh, I didn't see that coming. You can't make a decision he didn't know about pre-appointed boundaries of their dwellings. I said all that to say this. Your story didn't start with you. Oh, y'all aren't getting me. He said, Well, I was born. It's like life, like the whole world began when you were born. No, no, no. You're part of a story. A whole lot of stuff happened. Can I tell you a little bit of my story? We, we could just take this out of the radio thing, just cut this part out. <laughs> my, 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 my. Because we've, a couple lines in our, in our we, we've chased all the way back to the 1500s. Whew. Most of that, I just got their names. But just reading their names, I'm like, ooh, yeah. I don't know what you did, but they're, they're part of my story. Because my great, great grandfather lived in Rouen, France, during the time of Napoleon. And as a young man, he joined Napoleon's army and was a lieutenant, an officer. He's already better than me. And as a young man, I assume he got stationed in Strasbourg, alsace Lorraine, on the French-German border. There he met my great-great-grandmother. And that's where the Philippine name comes from. So that guy, that Frenchman, uh, as much as I hate to admit it, Oui, we oui. parlez-vous français? That's where the French name came from, and that Frenchman was stationed in Strasbourg, and he met a little German woman, and and they and that woman put her foot down and said, "We're speaking German in this house." Woo, glory to God! I'm glad I don't didn't have to learn French in high school. And he moved, and they'd lived there in Strasbourg, that's, that's, that's my, there's a story there. And they had children. Back then, they always had 9 to 12. And, and they had a son, my great-grandfather. And as a young man, I don't know why, but as a young man, the economy wasn't bad at that time. I looked, I, looked, I don't know what, what mo- but he said, I'm going to America. What if he had never gone to America? And in the 1840s, a young single man got off the boat in New York Harbor and said, I'm going where? I'm not living in New York. Smart man. See, my story would have changed if he hadn't come. If that lieutenant hadn't moved, God was in charge of all this. Way back in the 1800s, way back in the 1700s, way back in the 1500s. Thank God for Catholics who put their put who record all their baptisms and marriages. Hallelujah. He didn't live in New York. He said I'm going to Ohio. Came across and when you look at the ancient trails, one of them is Highway 39. And I've told you this before, I, I believe my great grandfather, not, not sure exactly where he was when he got married, he found a, another woman who, weirdly enough, her name was also Philippi, but it was spelled differently. Mm-hmm. I've told you. Mm-hmm. But that line was more from Switzerland, so I got Swiss blood in me. Rowan is on the Normandy coast, the Normans. I got Viking blood somewhere. <laughs> Har, take that. Well, that's a pirate, so that's not... I don't know if I got any pirate blood. Vikings were kind of like pirates. Anyway, aren't you glad we're cutting all this out? Amen. So he and his family now, he's married. He comes across to Ohio he settled in St. Mary's. Anyone know where St. Mary's is? And, and they didn't stay long because you can see where all the 12 children were born. And you go down four or five children, and, and one of them says where, where she was born, she was born on the Mississippi River. In other words, he took his poor wife pregnant and said, We're going to Minnesota. But I'm nine months pregnant. It'll be fine, honey. It'll be fine. You betcha. So one of my ancestors was born on the Mississippi River, headed north to St. Cloud, Minnesota. And my family became one of just a handful of pioneer families that started the whole St. Cloud area. One of they were pioneers, and we read stories of them, how, how they went through a drought, and, 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 and there was a plague of grasshoppers that had destroyed everyone's, and, and how generous they were. To, and it would just go on and on, it's just really cool. And there was a a Sioux Indian attack. And and they had to go to this log house and defend themselves. And I mean, my ancestors were almost wiped out. But I think God looked down and said, I ain't killing this one because Bruce needs to be born. See, God might be blessing you in a weird way, not for your sake, but for your grandchildren's. The story didn't begin with you. So they moved to Minnesota. And you know the rest of the story. And here we go, here we go, here we go. And I decided to join the United States Navy. And and I got stationed in Norfolk and and met Gloria there and got into the Church of God there. I didn't even know what what the Church of God was, but y'all were weird. I mean, I went from strict Catholic to weird Weird. I could tell you some stories. Just a little church of 70, but I'll tell you, the power of the Holy Ghost would move every Sunday, and we lived for the weird. I remember the first time I heard, speaking in tongues, I was up in the choir. Y'all remember, y'all come choirs? Anybody remember those? No. No, we're not... No. Well, God God loves it when I sing amen. We don't. You can sing alone in the shower make God happy all day. I'm not so sure he's even happy. I don't know. I was sitting up in the choir singing, and old Brother Lucas, I'll never remember. I, I mean, I'll never forget Brother Lucas. He's gone on to be with the Lord. He was old then. <laughs> old Brother Lucas, he always used to say with that smile, he said, Taste and see, the Lord is good. Still, I can hear his voice. That, that that voice has gotten me through. Listen, your story begins long before your story. Amen. People have poured into you. People have set things. Things have been put into motion. Quit talking about how bad your life is, and I'm never going to make it, and nobody loves me. You have a story that's been since the beginning of... Your story goes back to Adam. It goes back to Noah. It. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Your story. You have have a story. Oh, there's some bad stories. There are some things in your past you need to rebuke. But there's good things you need to claim. My great-grandfather played the fiddle. My dad had a fiddle, and I think that was the family fiddle. My dad played lead guitar, had his own band, played on the weekends in all the bars. Oh, hallelujah. I did not get the fiddle Gene. I might fiddle around, but I've never got the fiddle Gene. (laughs) My dad was lead singer in the band. Glory to God. One of my brothers played the accordion. He wouldn't admit that today. Another one plays guitar. But I, I I don't know. I don't know what happened to me. I just had no way. You know, so some genes come to you and some, some don't. Some blessings come to you and some don't. When I was being raised up, they always said the oldest boy should be a priest. And the nuns would say, you don't, you don't care if I talk? You okay? I mean, if you had to go, you'd have been gone by now. Okay. The, the nuns used to say, if the thought even enters your mind to be a priest, that's the Holy Spirit. Of course, a lot of thoughts came to my mind as a young man, and I don't think it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but that scared the bejeevers out of me, because you know, firstborn son, that my cousin, same age as me, became a priest. He's a priest today. He's the good sheep of the family. Anytime someone dies or is married or baptized, they call Father Kenny. Nobody even knows Reverend Philippi. I am not the good sheep of the family. I am the black sheep of the family. I am the first person in at least 25 generations that's not a Catholic. See, the story changes. And my kids have taken on a whole different identity. And my grandkids, Lord, help me. What will they turn out to be? They've taken on an identity. Everything, listen, your story changes from generation to generation. That's that's why history is so important to me. I love to read history, not just my, because it's important to know your story. Because life, your story did not begin with you you need to trust God that he's had his hand on you since Noah since Adam I mean sooner or later it goes back to just eight people we're all related to one of those eight people you married your great 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 cousin I should just leave you with that thought. (laughs) Lord, it's been 50 minutes. Jesus, (laughs) help me. How many are still okay? (sighs) Lord, speak. I have established you, saith the Lord. I have established your story. Do not despair. Do not lose hope. Do not get swallowed up in sorrow. For behold, I am in charge of your story. And it ends well. I will get you where you need to go. And what you need to do, and who you will become, for I have seen it from the beginning, and I have ordained you to greatness, saith the Lord. Amen. Give Him praise if you'll take the word of the Lord. <laughs> Ephesians two ten. We are His. I could have just said that. Be done. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works. This is a huge scripture. Which God prepared when? That we should walk in them. I preached almost an hour and haven't got to my title yet. God isn't trying to tame us. He's trying to name us. It's not about legalisms trying to get everyone to shape up. It's about helping people get named, not tamed. My job is not to force you to live right. My job is to get you to find your destiny. Because if you find your destiny and purpose, you will live right. You can't walk in your purpose and not live right. We've helped people to live right without purpose and they fall right back. And we preach guilt sermons to get them there. And you have to preach you have to keep preaching guilt. You can preach the law all you want, but the law only kills. It's grace that gives life. We need to know what's wrong. We need to know what's against the law. We need to know what sin is. But even greater than that, we need to know grace. Listen to this. Adam was given a job in the garden. He didn't just say, all right, Adam, just enjoy. Just go have a good old time. He gave Adam a job. All you single women, do not marry a man who don't, won't work. He's already out of God's will. There's a lot of single women in this church. I just helped a lot of you. Don't marry a lazy man. He's already out of God's will. Wow. Lord, that was, I'm surprised someone didn't just run the aisle on that one. Woo, he set me free. Dump on that guy. I have nobody in mind right now. Nobody. God gave him a job. Do you all remember his job description? Of course, to expand the garden and everything. But his main job was to name, not tame Name the animals. How many know God could have named them? But it comes to us to name things. And you need to start with yourself. And you need to name yourself, first of all, as a child of the king. You need to start naming your destiny. Not what you want, but discovering what God has already planned for you. And start naming that. Wow. Too many pastors today, they feel like their job is to tame the congregation. Let's control. But my job is not to control, it's to cover. My job is to cover you so you have the freedom from enemy influence to be who God has called you to be. My job is not to control you. I don't know how many times I hear this. Well, you've got to control things, you know. I can't. I learned this a few years ago. <laughs> I can't control it, any of y'all. I can't control it. And really the only way to control people is by guilt. Just make them feel guilty. I don't feel like that's my calling. Guilt is not my thing. I will preach right and wrong. I will preach the word of God but it's not my job to control you. It's my job to cover you. To cover you, to keep you from enemy influence. By the way, that's why you don't come against your leadership because you're coming against the very people who are protecting you from the enemy. Even if they're wrong. I'm not talking about getting into deep sin. I'm just saying, you know, I've, in 40-some years, I've only been wrong once or twice. But you, oh, really? You're going to laugh at that. Yeah, a, I'm not always right. But we follow. We trust God. How many know God can change me? A child can tell me something that I never thought of in the direction I need to go. Hello, Samuel. Oh, there's so much I want to preach to you. I'm almost done. That means just 30 more minutes. Hallelujah. Adam's job was to name the animals, not tame the animals. Daniel chapter one, verse eight. Just hang in there. But Daniel purposed, say purposed, in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. They said, Listen, if you're going to be in Babylon you need to eat from the you need to eat from the Babylonian table. If you're going to be in Babylon you need to eat from the king's table. Hello, Jezebel. This world has a table. And they want you to eat from it. But Daniel said, I won't eat from the king's table. I won't eat from the Babylonian. My source is my, my source. Food is your source. My source of comfort and strength and direction and love and grace does not come from the world. I need nothing from Babylon. All I need is what's at the king's table. Oh, he prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I will not eat at Jezebel's table. He said he would not, would not, would not defile himself at the king's table. Wow. Wow. Psalms 119. Oh, I got it. Psalms 119. I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever, forever to the very end. Listen to this. I'm okay. <laughs> Next verse, 128. Therefore, all your precepts concerning all things, whew, I consider to be right. I hate every false way. I consider all, I don't have to understand it, but I know all God's ways are right. And I hate, not people, I hate every false Wait, we can't compromise the truth. Stand your feet. Chris Hodges said this, I like it. We don't see things as they are, but as we are. You, don't, you never see things as they are. You only see through your own filters. So until you get good and sanctified, until you're walking in the Spirit, Your filter hmm, is accepting Babylonian things. How many know it's in the church? You can be gay and have your and pastor a church. You can kill babies. You can do all these things now and be a Christian. That's because they see things through Babylon. They did a survey. And 64% said they were very spiritual. 64% of Americans said they were very spiritual. And then they asked the question, and how many believe that the Bible is the the authority for your life? You know how many said? 16% said the Bible is my authority. The rest of them said things like, well, if it feels good. Well, if it doesn't hurt anybody. Well, if sixteen percent of Americans now, sixty-four said, I'm a spiritual person, but the Bible has no they're seeing through Babylonian eyes, and they think they can live like a devil and go to heaven. I'm here to tell you you need you need the eyes of the scriptures. You need to change the way you see things. Like W.C. Fields, you, 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 it's not what they don't let them call you. Don't let them name you. It's not what they name you. It's what you answer to. Don't answer to the Babylonians. You answer to God. I've got to tell you these things, church, because the whole church world is slowly just drifting into the Babylonian camp. We don't look like Christians anymore. And they love it. These gods are coming back after 2,000 years. They're loving their freedom. They're being worshiped again. Wow. Because the end is near. You know what struck me? I'm not prophesying, but it struck me the other day. It might be my job right now to get you ready for the end. I kind of think maybe that's always been my job because your end might be before the end. But maybe God is calling me right now to get you ready for rapture. Wow. Wow. You need to think about the rapture again. there, there is a movie out now about that. And it's so realistic. Oh, my gosh. You know, I thought God would just take us, body and soul, but it doesn't really say that. And it could be that your body just drops and, you're, and he takes you. Wouldn't that be interesting? It's not that people are missing. It's just that millions upon millions, maybe as many as a billion people just die and look weird. <laughs> And they're just raptured and airplanes crashing out of, and cars and, and all the children are gone. Oh, amen. Huh? Of course, CNN won't cover it, but <laughs> we can't admit to the rapture. I, I, I shouldn't have said that. How many know what I'm talking about? Oh, I feel the Lord. I went over an hour, but i don't care <laughs> every once in a while i just I just need to, I just need to get it out of my system. I just need to preach everything he's downloading sorry if you 're not used to tongues that's what's called speaking in tongues I don't think I finished that story about old Brother Lucas. I was in the choir. He was standing next. Did I finish that? I didn't. He was standing next to me, and he began to speak in tongues. He was taller than me, and I'm like, oh, that's that tongue-talking stuff. Never heard of it. I mean, if I had turned Lutheran, my parents would have been freaked out. I joined a cult. <laughs> they had nothing to do with me for a long time until Gloria came along. They thought, well, I guess we better get involved and check this woman out. <laughs> they heard about Gloria, and they got in the car, and they drove from Minnesota to Virginia that weekend. <laughs> we better straighten this boy out. To this day, they think Gloria got me saved. I was saved before I met Gloria. Gloria. They never got that straight. Whew. I do love the Lord right now. I'm just loving on you. It's one of those moments where I want to hug everybody, and I I, I probably shouldn't. Jesus. See, you're not playing the organ. I don't know what to do. I always just do what you feel. I can always rebuke you. Have I ever? No. (laughs) We're not Babylonian around here, are we? I just think it's important for me right now. To get us to get back, I don't care if culture changes. We've got to stay the same. We can't violate Scripture. If the world looks differently, we can't look differently. When I first came into the church, we looked different. because they had all these silly laws about what you can wear and cutting your hair and you're going to hell if you wore jeans ladies because that scripture says women should, oh, women should not wear that which pertaineth to a man oh Lord that was driven into me from the pulpit ha, women